0: Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal, and I'm here today with Bruce McCurdy. Hey, Bruce.
1: Hey, David. How are you doing tonight?
0: Good. The first day of the Jay Woodcroft era. <laughs> Maybe year in Edmonton. He's like he's like Todd Nelson. He's kind of interim coach, isn't he? Because he's like on to the end of the year before they decide. Anyway. Um, before they
1: decide. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So know. he's like Todd don't Nelson so he might prove to be yeah starts off bruce with um, a most un oiler like victory they get the first goal their goaltender is better than the other goaltender uh, Yes, yes arvey gets a goal all many unexpected things in this hockey game and it all added up to the Oilers winning in terms of uh, the score of course was 3 to 1 in terms of grade a shots we had it at 17 for the Oilers and 5 for the New York Islanders but in terms of and I, and I did track this tonight in terms of um 5 alarm five, 15 17 and 15 did i say 5 yeah, yeah. 17 and 15 i got i was looking ahead 17 and 15 17 for the Oilers 15 for the Islanders in terms of 5 alarm shots though wow. it was 9 for the Islanders and 5 for the Oilers Mm-hmm. And I'm and my rough definition, and I'm still working with this, and this is kind of unofficial, I'm just tracking it now to, to start to get a handle on this. My rough definition is a grade A shot is about 25% shot to 33% shot chance of going in, and a, and a five alarm shot is 33% and above. So, you know, it goes in more than a third of the time, and the other one goes in about a quarter of the time. So roughly, that's that's what we're looking at here. And the five alarm shots tend to be cross crossing passes and um breakaways break-ins breakaways uh they, although a, like a really wicked tip shot where the goalie has no chance can also be a five alarm shot like for instance i rated the new york calendar's goal which bouchard went in off bouchard smith has no real chance at that now that's by chance five alarm but it's still like in terms of the goalie's perspective which is what i rated from okay. um he, he could see why he was <laughs> he yeah, oh. he uttered a choice word after that puck went in mm-hmm. uh, that all TV viewers heard, I think. And you could see why, because he would have had that if it hadn't been tipped slightly, I think, by Bouchard.
1: Some TV viewers keep the volume turned down for whatever reason and watch the game on mute, and they may well have heard it. The Mike Smith's voice <laughs> carrying from Rogers' place, depending on how close to downtown they live. He is not pleased. <laughs>
0: I love Mike Smith. Like he, we were talking earlier this year about my favorite. Very colorful. He is my favorite when he's playing well like that. I mean, it's hard. I just love him. He's just such a colorful, fantastic goalie. He's such he's so old school. He's right out of the 1970s, from when I first fell in love with hockey. And uh, yeah, what a great game from Mike Smith. Why don't I even start it off? He's my good thing. Go Go for it. Yeah. Um. So as I mentioned, uh, 15 grade a shots from the Islanders uh, in total. And of those, a subset of nine five alarm shots for the Islanders. And I'll just go a few f- through uh, a few of them. The owners did everything they could burst to lose this game, honestly. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> the first period before there was a goal, they, they, they uh, you know, um, Lageson, he was, the, he was the last guy. And, and the, the Puck goes just shooting right across the crease to Anders Lee, who's right on the doorstep. And how he does not score is amazing to me. And then just uh, six minutes later, this is on the power play now, uh, Cody Ceci and Darnell Nurse get beat on another cross ice pass and somehow Matthew Barzell fails to score. So this is when it's still 0-0. And usually any other day of the season, the orders are down 1 or 2 nothing by then. But somehow they weren't, and then they got, you yep. know, kind of a. It was a tough. It was a hell of a shot, and a. Mm-hmm. It was even a better screen. It was an amazing mm-hmm. screen by Yesa RV total eclipse of the sun screen. That's how they got their goal. Bison, uh, Kings. the Bison your shirt. <laughs> oh, I like it, Bruce. <laughs> I my like
1: wife it. got me a shirt. She pulled That's it out really after nice. the game was over to celebrate the Bison King's first goal of 2022, I believe, but. Uh, he had a big game
0: tonight. And so if that wasn't bad enough, after giving up those two kind of cross-seam, like just unbelievably good chances. um, In the second period, in the, just the beginning of the third period, there was three break-ins. Barry gets, uh, Tyson Barry gets beat badly on the first, and Matt, and Adam Pellick, is that it? Adam Pellick or Matt Pellick? What's his name? The Allender's He's, defenseman.
1: Oh, yeah, he is Adam Pellick.
0: Adam Pellick breaks in. And has a you know cross crease puts on break in, and then <laughs> one of the lower moments for ro- two rookie defensemen Philip Broberry and Evan Bouchard are out there, and they oh. both get absolutely beat. And Zizekas is in there on a break in. Finally, at, at the start of the third period, um, Yamamoto makes a bad pinch, and, and Beauvillier goes in there on kind of a break in and puts it off the post. So. Between the cross ice passes and the break ins, that was a lot of major defensive breakdowns for a team. I don't know if the if the Islanders had that. Well, they didn't. You know they they just didn't give up that many that of that kind of play this game. There was a few for the Oilers, but the Oilers have got to figure it out, Bruce. Still, they they are in terms oh. of the defensive play, work in progress. Yep. So Mike Smith stopped all of those. He, or, the he posted. Was, or the post on two of them, and on uh, Beauvillier's shot and um, Wallstrom's shot oh.
1: that
0: looked like it was in um, when it was initially taken. He, he got a little lucky there, but he was also very good, good, and very good when he needed to be early in the game. Just some amazing saves, honestly. So, um, way to go, Mike Smith. And... and Bruce, I have to say, I'm going to I'm gonna have to remind you of this. I, I called it. You said Skinner, you? I said Smith.
1: Yeah, and the more again- I thought about it, the more I knew you were probably right. Yeah. About how the politics of the situation yeah. played out for the new coach coming in. If he's going to want Mike Smith to be one of his leaders, if the thing is setting up that down, the stretch of the season, Skinner may well, you know, he'll get one of the two games in, in California. I'm certain of it. If that doesn't happen, knock me over with a feather. Uh, and then he'll likely go, stay in California, and Smith will come home, and Koskinen will come out of the bullpen. So uh, it was it was the 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 politic choice for uh, for Jay Woodcroft, uh, who otherwise uh, showed a lot of faith in the younger players and stacked his lineup with them. So uh, it yeah, was it was a nice uh, yeah yeah you know, was a very very interesting uh, uh, debut from the head coach, but clearly he made a uh, the right choice in net. Uh, Smiths. I thought early in the game. I thought his both his puck handling and his rebound control were a little iffy. Mm-hmm. He he looked He's looked rusty to me all three games with his puck handling. And you know what? Finally, by around the third period, I was thinking, that's Mike Smith. I remember where he can get. It. He can put a bullet on the on his backhand and actually clear it from behind the net or around the boards and out beat the defenseman to the to the wall. Cause he can backhand it so hard or, you know, make uh good passes and good decisions the other way. And it was looked like at that part it was sort of the last thing to come around. The saves, I mean, he's very reactive. Uh, I'm not sure his technique is where it was last year, but he sure sh- no, made the saves look good. And uh, that, that, <laughs> he had a couple the other night. That I thought, well, that looked like routine save on a except on a hockey card. But uh, you know, uh, credit to him, he uh, he brought his brought fire tonight. You could hear his reaction to that goal. Uh, I thought he did a nice job selling the goalie interference. That was a nice call to get with about four minutes to go in the third period. Up until then, the refs were my bad thing, but that one kind of evened it out because I, I really didn't think. Uh, uh, got the, uh, who, who was the Islander who got that penalty, it was uh, uh, Mayfield. No, Paggio. I didn't think he did much wrong. And, yeah. You no, know, he was. they were both going for the puck, and I'm not sure how much contact there was. And next thing you know, Schmitty is going sideways, and his mask is flying off into the corner, and it looks like he's been taken down, you know. And anyway, better in play. Veterans got the call. Well, they'll come much more veteran than Mike Smith. So. Pretty
0: hard not to cheer for that guy. And <laughs> I, I know something. I don't some people think people don't, but some people don't. But man, what a story! Like, come on, anyone over the age of forty is cheering for Mike Smith. I'll tell you that much because at least that they have a heart. Because I mean, he's just he's such a you know the old guy doing great. That's kind of an irresistible well, storyline. And and you know it, it's when it works. yeah. When it works and. And again, we've seen goalies play well into their 40s in the NHL. It's not uncommon. Well, it, it's extremely uncommon. But again, the weird thing is the guys who do it tend to do it a couple years in a row, which made me think maybe Smith is going to pull it off. Now, he hasn't to date because he's been injured. But maybe he's going to get healthy here and go on a run, and, and that would be you know obviously huge for the Edmonton Oilers. Bruce, what is your good thing?
1: My good thing is what I saw as big games from many of the key skaters on the team i thought all of the the, uh, the leadership group players of uh, mcdavid dry saddle uh, nurse especially um uh, three of them stood out i thought dry was fantastic in this game all over the ice skating his ass off in both directions hard and i mean there's one sequence in the first period where he barreled down the right wing to win a loose puck in the corner he said Great pass across that Evander Kane just missed putting home. Next thing you know, the Islanders are going down the ice the other way, two on one, and Leon makes a full-length dive at the blue line to interrupt the pass and put the play offside. I mean, that was two tremendous plays at opposite ends of the rink at speed, about 15 seconds apart, if that. And I just thought he was going. He had, a, He had, uh, um, you know, he had the 200-foot game of his... Uh, uh, and skating legs, best that I've seen in a long time from Leon and McDavid. I mean, he's been uh, he's been struggling, and people are starting to point it out. Well, one of the stats that I've kept up my sleeve because I don't like it is uh, in the last 12 games, Connor had one primary assist in 12 games. This is a guy who had 50 of those last year in 56 games, and he's part of his game has gone a miss, and tonight it came back with uh, two primary assists and briefly credited one on the third goal, which was later removed from him, but he was part of the chaos that led to the goal. And uh, But skating well, and there was one play in the third period where both Connor and Leon were on the ice together and they both came back on the back check hard. Connor right into the corner, and then Leon right back on his tail. When the puck came out, he was on it, but the play went nowhere. So, uh, And uh, Nurse, to me, he was more commanding, more in control of himself than I've seen in a while. It was in, in his own end, he was a tower of power to my eye. And, and uh, uh, he probably got beat on a player too, but I just liked how he, how he kept, his, kept his composure and, and uh, uh, didn't rush. There's a play like two minutes left in the game where he's holding the puck inside his own blue line and saying, come and get it, boys, because the Islanders are making a change. And rather than dump it out, he just, just lost it. And I mean, that that was sort of the most recent thing towards the end of the game that I remember, but he, I thought he was in command for much of the night.
0: Yeah, and his, his uh, decision making was, was a lot stronger in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, who was saying, oh, Mark Spector was criticizing Nurse? Uh, yep. Along with McDavid, and you know what, Mark got heat yep. for that column, but I was nodding my head when I read that column. Honestly, Bruce, like there is some truth, there's some hard truth to what Mark Spector was saying uh, about the need for better defensive play. And I, and I, yes. I wouldn't single oh, out, yeah. I wouldn't necessarily single out these guys, mm-hmm. but they are the leaders on the team. So that's they responded.
1: why they responded like leaders, and maybe that's yeah. what Spector was going for. But it was genius move by him. <laughs> I thought I thought the I, idea of saying that uh, McDavid couldn't carry Crosby's equipment bag was a little, little bit of a stretch. That that, that one. Well, it's
0: incendiary, right? Like it's fun. it's yeah, it's, no. it's meant I, to I that. sting. That hurts, right? Like mm-hmm. what we would oh, say oh. is what we would put it as McDavid. You know, of all the forwards, McDavid's made the most, the, the highest rate of mistakes on grade A shots against of any orders forward. That doesn't sting as much, maybe, than. And then a wow. biting comment, but they're both, they're both saying the same thing essentially. And they're, and that's what we've seen. Like he has struggled this year on defense. So
1: anyway, the complete on, on skaters. I mean, Hyman was good. Kane was good, but, but yeah. the two guys that I kind of singled out in my post a little bit today, pre- previewing, uh, uh, the Jay Woodcroft era, uh, or guys that he coached at both levels, AHL and, Previously, and his assistant coach did in the NHL. And those are uh, Yussupov, Yarvi, and Kari Yamamoto. And I thought both of them were excellent in this game, really good. And of course, Pugliarvi, uh cast a mammoth screen on the on the CC goal, and then he scored himself right off the faceoff. Yeah. And he had five shots on net, uh, uh, a couple of them at least of type very dangerous. And just skating well, he made a great defensive play in the early going where he came back. I think it was on Matt Barzell. I think it was 13-on-13. He came back, lifted Barzell's stick, and broke up what appeared to be a dangerous rush deep in Edmonton territory. And Yamamoto, I mean, he did... Yamamoto made one bad mistake where he pinched when he should have backed off and allowed for a two-on-one. But otherwise, he was all over the puck. He made uh excellent passes in this game he was finding finding guys he was moving the puck quick he was moving himself quick he had five shots on goal in this game and those guys if whatever worm is turned here with the change of coach wakes up a significant percentage of these guys to raise their games from where they were this is you know potentially a turning point for sure i mean you get, imagine getting both those young guys playing like they did tonight On an ongoing basis, what a difference that would make. They've been in such
0: funks, eh? hey? They they both Both have. Yes. And Puliarvi, like four, so four of his shots were grade A shots, four Mm -hmm. of the five. And he looked like a different player.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: He looked like a different player. Yamamoto looked like a different player. I thought Evan, Evander Kane looked really good. Like, I've been impressed with him in his first three games. I thought he looked really good here in this game as well. Um, uh, Hyman, Hyman Zach Zach Hyman's Zach Hyman he, he was in a you know he's had some st- struggles now and then putting up goals and points for for periods of time but I he always gives us all and he had a really good game tonight are you grading the game tonight or is that correct? I am grading the game that the grades are I'm right. going to be yeah.
1: giving out lots of sevens and 8s even in this game too a lot Damn, of the guys sorry. I just mentioned darn tootin all right Bruce you go first on the bad, bad thing things. I was well I've already
0: given my bad thing Bruce. Oh, did you when, well, when I listed all the
1: oh all okay
0: great shots and the defensive breakdowns, right okay Mike Smith had to put out. That's just I, that was also my bad thing. Like Mike Smith turned them into good things. He, he generally speaking or the post, but man, you cannot have that. And and it was and it was mainly the defensemen tonight who were um, at fault on these plays. So um, they got to get a they just got to crank it up. And you know. They're missing a little bit of defensive horsepower. Duncan Keith was such a high event player. It's hard to say that they're missing him on defense. Um, But um, we'll see how it goes. I mean, Marcus Niemalainen and Philip Broberry are rookies, and uh, we'll see how they do in the long run here. It's going to be an interesting time for them to try to get through this without Keith and uh, with younger players in these positions, I guess. That's what they're going with. That's the that's the exciting thing about this this Woodcroft era, I guess. Like, we really are seeing it firsthand. Here we go. Like, players are getting a chance to perform. Some younger players are going to get a chance. And because of that, Stuart Skinner is also going to get in some games, I think. So, well, I guess Koskinen couldn't come back. It'll be interesting to see what happens there.
1: These high-number uh, num- high guys, 75, Bouchard, 80, Neymar Line, 84, lags and 86, Broglie, all played under Dave Manson. <clears throat> And Jay Woodcroft in Bakersfield a lot, and so yep. they 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 will be very familiar with all these players. They all got in. He went with a seven D, eleven forward. And he uh, press box Devin Shore in order to dress both of uh, Nima Linen and who Got called up and they they delivered different things. So Nima Linen was with the shiver of my timbers hits a couple of them. Holy moly, that guy plays for real.
0: And, seven eleven for seven
1: hits yeah. in eleven minutes. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's exactly right. I mean, all three of the eighty, eighty four, eighty six played eleven minutes and change. so they really did rotate them out in, in there and heavily relied on CC and nurse at twenty six minutes each. but uh, but um uh, they Obury had one terrible line change. Ooh. yeah, yeah, wow. oh yeah, he made he made mistakes and yet he made a play that key to goal uh in that um play that yeah uh uh, mcdavid benson won or at least sawed off a battle on the sidewall and mcdavid jumped on the puck and he just scooped it out into the neutral zone for hyman and Broberry was in the middle of the slot read that mcdavid was going to get it and he just took off And because he went up the ice and joined Hyman with nobody close, the defenseman had to play the middle of the ice. Yeah. It would have been a one-on-one otherwise, and I can't imagine Hyman would have just been able to carry the puck into where he did carry it fire the shot that he fired. Uh, That turned out to be the winning goal. And and, uh, so, Brovary is going to get a a plus in my grade, at least for that play, and I thought otherwise he had uh, had his nervous moments, or at least they were nervous for me watching. (laughs) Yeah,
0: he's he. It'll be interesting to see. He's a very talented player. He's big, and uh, I really liked Nima Linen's game again. Like he, that hitting is just so needed on the owners. It's just you just when you see it, it's like, oh my god, thank goodness someone's finally plastering the other guys. Like if you don't have that guy or a couple of those guys, you're just you're just out to lunch. I think as a team, maybe not everybody agrees with that, but I, I just think it adds such an element to any hockey team. And you know, it picks up the guys on the bench to see someone, you know, sh- some big hitter on your team. And um he 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 goes for it. He's lucky he didn't get another penalty or two because he was hitting <laughs> guys after they got rid of the puck. Have you thought oh, of a bad somebody, thing?
1: Bruce? Somebody took somebody took a run at him. And it was like the guy just ran into the oh. side of a grain elevator. <laughs> Isn't that great? Yeah, that was great. <laughs> he went nowhere. Well, I'm I'm going to break the rules and, and uh, I'm going to pick a second good thing instead of a bad thing. I enjoyed this game. I have very little bad to say about it. And okay. it's a good thing, so good, that it deserves mention, and you're going to agree with me. I know it. And this was how the Oilers stuck up for each other as team and teammates tonight When and stuck up for themselves. They fought their own battles, but they also waded in to fight the teammates' battles. And I, I thought this was a more together-looking team and I think of two specific plays very late in the game, one when Smith went down on that borderline collision, but uh, first dry Saddle waded into the corner and took a shot, and then Kane got in there and, and you know, got... basically said, we don't appreciate you guys running our goalies. I've already been hurt twice on plays like that this year. Enough of this crap. I'm all for that. And then in the 20th, 60th minute, the 3600th second of this game... Oliver Wallstrom decided to take a run at Darnell Nurse while well, Nurse was fishing for the Puckman Center race and gave, gave him a shot. And Closest teammate, that's the rule. Closest teammate. Doesn't have to be the biggest guy or the toughest guy. Closest teammate was Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and he went right in there and gave uh, Wallstrom a shot. And then uh, the Nurse, the Wallstrom high stick Nugent Hopkins, and then Nurse gave him a shot in response for what he did to Nugent. So they each stood up for the other guy in a in a very short interval and all of those things like to me I, i'm old-fashioned enough about hockey to know that it's a team game and it works best when your team is together and stands up for each other and i saw more of that in in, in tonight's game than has been apparent in the last while and it was just nice to see that team spirit yeah I, I totally agree bruce that's i loved kane's response and uh
0: yeah that was great the wolf the you know the wolves hunt is a pack, and mm-hmm. that's how hockey's yeah. played. And you got to have that spirit on a team. And if you don't, come on, you're not going anywhere. So, um, numbers. Bruce, my number is zero zero. And and again, referencing Mark Spector's column, um, which which I think had some incendiary language and probably went a little too far, but he had a point to make and he made it. And, um, you know, one of his job is to get attention too. That's all our, that's oh, yeah. in the media, that's, that's part of the function. Uh, anyway, tonight I noticed a few things right off the start. Drysaddle down low on the slot, covering off the slot. Drysaddle every time down low on the slot. McDavid down low on the slot, doing their job in the slot, defensive slot. That has been missing. It has, that has been missing. And it can't, Mark is right. It has to be there if the orders are going to win. It, it's just not negotiable. It is not, and tonight they did it. Zero mistakes for both of these players. Five on five, on grade eight shots against. They were they kept clean sheets both of them. If you get a game where McDavid and Drysaddle are set in their own line and they keep clean sheets, Bruce, I, it'd be interesting to go back and see how many of the games those games the Oilers win. And I might just do that because it would it would be an interesting yeah. thing to look at. It is crucial. And mm-hmm. if those guys are doing that, setting the example, covering the players down, the, the order's a win. And I don't actually honestly think it's that hard. They're, they're both physically gifted players. It's just it's just a mental commitment, like taking mm-hmm. care of my end, I'm going to be there, then I'm going to attack, as opposed to just being always puck-hungry puck and, you know, offense-hungry and uh, just being on the right side of this, It's just a habit. And why not form that habit? So they, at diff, you know, they have both played very strong defensive hockey at times for the Edmonton Oilers and over stretches of games. Dreisaitl can be, probably could be the best defensive player in the NHL, I think, if that was his goal. And I, I think it should be, I think it should be his goal. So, um, they showed it tonight and I give them full credit for that. And I, and I just, I hope they continue with that because it's crucial to the Edmonton Oilers franchise.
1: Yeah, well, he went full Kopitar in tonight's game. Um, yeah. And it's good to see. You. I mean, one of the things our friend uh, Bruce Kerlock made in his excellent uh, tweet series yesterday of, uh, analyzing Jay Woodcroft is that the centers should expect to see the centers down lower in the zone fully supporting the defensemen and commanding area in front of the net. And I think we saw it tonight. Nuge as well, I thought, was back back there. And... and uh, uh, doing all right on, especially on the cycle plays. It was the fast breaks that were more, more an issue. But, uh,
0: yeah, the owners didn't get beat on the cycle, did they? Too much like that wasn't the issue tonight. It was the rush plays that were more of an issue. But uh, yeah,
1: plays that came out of nowhere. Some couple of them.
0: What's your number, Bruce?
1: Yeah, my number is uh, twenty-eight. I guess this is the twenty-ninth, but. Uh, 28 games in a row. Edmonton Oilers allowed two plus goals to the opposing team. Uh, the last 28 games under Dave Tippett or the last 25 plus three that Glenn Goodlison filled in behind the bench, multiple goals against 28 games in a row. And that streak came to an end tonight, thanks largely to Mike Smith. But in Jay Woodcroft's debut, the Oilers held the Islanders to just a single goal. And, uh, Low scoring, although not a not a low action game, thirty-eight to thirty-six shots, but uh, uh, first time uh, the last time Oilers held an opponent to one goal, uh Stuart Skinner made forty-six saves and outdueled Connor Hellebuck in a great goaltenders duel that also was not a defensive gem, but it was a goaltending clinic. And <clears throat> they won two to one in the shootout. There was a lunar eclipse later that night. You may remember it, but it was a long time ago, is my point, November 18th, all the way to February the 11th, before they finally had another game. This is pretty routine in the NHL, win games 2-1, 3-1, even 4-1, you know, I mean, we've seen enough scores go the other way on the Oilers, where that's the score line. so it's nice to be on top of one of those. It's interesting
0: what happened to the Oilers, you know, you know, what did go on there, was it? You know, was it COVID? You know, which is McDavid. We see McDavid slump, nice. uh, his point scoring, rv slump after COVID. We saw them like, you know, were they too in love with the their offensive success and just thinking they were going to get by on goal scoring? And then the habits, the good habits, start to slip, which Tippett had built up, I think. They start to slip, and then you can't get them back because COVID hits, and you're in chaos, and just and it's just one frustration leads to another. Was that part of it? Um, was it just goaltending? Mainly just goaltending. It's really it's it's probably all of probably all of it. But it doesn't have to be either or. It's probably and and and. um So, but it was it was a it was a horrendous stretch of hockey. It really challenged fans. I think Bruce. I think it's really been hard for fans to endure this. I know it has been hard. I've I've felt I've felt it. It's just like again like we've yeah. endured the decade of darkness we you know we've been through some rough years with mcdavid and drysdale they finally they have a better they seem to have a better team um and now they've added you know they but to their top lines they've added hyman and, and zach hyman and evander kane mm-hmm. these are this is substantial additions yeah. so you know maybe holland screwed up with keith you know in the end like um could have done better there and, and then there's also the, the loss of Adam Larson, which I think is, you know, the elephant in the room in some ways on this team about what's wrong with them, losing that incredible shutdown defenseman broke my heart. Bruce, that was really hard. That was a, that was a bad day.
1: Meantime, a team like Anders can go out and sign Zadino Chera as a re- unrestricted free agent at something close to the NHL minimum. You know, we yeah. want, to add a, want to add a legend to your defense. Why not add a legend and go cheap at the same time? But.
0: It's it's tough, right? Because you know some players. Will, I know he would the never Eastern come Seaboard. Here he yeah, said that, but. yeah, they want to be on the Eastern Seaboard, and, and Keith wanted to be here, and and I'm not even. I, I don't want to be negative on Duncan Keith because he he was playing strong hockey starting in January, and it was still pretty high event. But he was he was sawing it off. He was making a lot of really great passing plays and, and it is a loss that he's out for sure. And we'll have to see how the oilers endure it. I mean, there's gonna be there's a lot of young defensemen out there right now. And they look at they look young yeah. on any number of plays. So um, they get on the wrong side of the puck now and then. I thought you know what? I thought Logison had his mm-hmm. best game as an oiler, probably. He mm-hmm. seemed to play with a fair amount of confidence. Um, just looked like he had a bit of jump there, extra step, and 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 I, this is what I'm thinking with all these players. You know, Jay Woodcroft coached them in a, when he's. It's not like um, the HL is that different, probably, but it is the developmental league, so he's really on their side, trying to do what's best for them to get them promoted, and. Um, you know, there are of course there's standards for them to play, but it's a slightly different role than that NHL role. I think it's slightly, maybe I'm just guessing, slightly more supportive, but that might come down to the coach's personality. But I get the sense that Jay Woodcroft is a very supportive coach. um so We've heard reports from Bakersfield fans that he never mm-hmm. throws players under the bus, or was that from an, a, a, a reporter?
1: I think that was, was from Brian a reporter, Holt? Mike Griffin.
0: Mike, was yes, it Ryan Holt? and he is. A, yeah, Holt?
1: it was, it was Mike. Yeah, he
0: he worked in And for Ryan the said nice California. things, really
1: nice things about him as well. That you know, didn't just sound yeah. like you know like gratuitous stuff. I mean, he, he there was some meat to it in terms of what what reasons why he liked uh, Woodcroft, and I like Woodcroft. I'm rooting hard for this guy. Like talk about it, you know, he's talk about taking the overland route. 13 years as an assistant coach, and then taking a demotion out of the NHL to, just to get the chance to run his own bench and to do it as well as he did and get called up. I mean, he's like a third round draft choice, is getting called up when he's 24 years old and he's, you know, he's rode the buses yeah. for, uh, for that reason. I'm hopeful that he might. Be better for connecting with some of the third round draft choices and similar in the in the organization that that they to me badly need to 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 fill out the support staff on this uh, club with uh, internal players and they they've just brought up a guy who knows these players and has been working with all the second and third and fourth and sixth round draft choices for these last years and uh, and some of them are here already and some of them are close and uh, he's in a pretty good position to. Uh, um, to uh, to guide them on the next step, I think so. I, I, I like the yeah. possibilities. He's obviously he's got to prove himself on this level, but uh, we'll start with a three to one win over a traditional rhyme.
0: Well, Bruce, let's leave it there. Let's leave it there because you got some work to do tonight. So, I thanks for talking tonight.
1: Yeah, thanks for listening, everyone.
0: And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast.